0: Have you ever dreamed of going to Hollywood and making it big? Well, these are the stories of people who have made it, just in a different way. They're the unsung heroes behind the screens that make movies and television come to life. Welcome to the Right Scout Podcast, where we talk about films and interview those who are just starting their careers to some of the biggest names in production and post-production. Our mission is to inspire you through the true stories of people who have achieved their dreams. We'll be talking foley artists, screenwriters, sound editors, picture editors, the list goes on. And for film fans, we'll be focusing on sound and what it takes to create foley. Hi, I'm Sarah, I'm a writer.
1: And I'm John, a professional foley artist in the film business for over 40 years.
0: He's worked on over 500 films and is a 37-time nominated and nine-time MPSD winner for big titles such as Inception, The Matrix, and The Dark Knight.
1: You can find us online at Rightstuff.com, and please be sure to subscribe to us on itunes
0: And welcome to another episode of The Right Scuff and happy 2019.
1: Happy 2019, everybody. We uh, wish you
0: all the best. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to help you have your hopes and dreams come true in the film industry. So we are here with our first episode of the year. And one thing I've noticed people talking about on the Foley Facebook page, if you don't know, there is a Facebook page that talks about Foley, correct?
1: It's the Foley Artist page on Facebook.
0: Okay, perfect. So people have been talking there, asking questions, and I've noticed that a lot people have been asking about animals, specifically dogs, but I thought that we could talk about, you know, house pets, wild animals, things of that nature, so... Why don't we start off with smaller house pets? Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about what you do in order to make those sounds come to life? And I'm sure it's dependent on, you know, where they are, what they're doing, how fast they're going.
1: Well, sure. Let's let's kind of talk about little little dogs, little house pet doggies. <laughs> um, typically in a film, they're just, they're cute. Now I'm talking about live action. So you want to make them sound cute. So the the go-to is gloves with... Paper clips taped to the ends of the gloves, and you use those in rhythm, typically with the front paws. Now you can add a s- sound, if you will, for the front and rear paws at the same time. Uh, I typically don't tend to do that. I tend to just get the front paws first. I might add a little extra and see how it sounds. If I need to add more, I do. Or if it's a complicated running around something unusual, um, I might split the fronts and the rears. So I'll do the front feet first on the take and then go back into the rear feet after that. Uh, now that's for live action. Animation is a little different animal because of course that's not organic. It's all something from somebody's mind.
0: Yes. And I figured I wrote down a couple movies where you've done animal sound effects. Do you want to go over that now for It oh, doesn't matter.
1: Just, um, or just, we could
0: do that later. Just
1: want to point out that there's a, there's a difference which mm-hmm. we can, we, you know, you can, you can bring up later, but okay. so, um, you know, like I said, really it's, uh, it, the, the, the cuteness factor is not to be underrated if that's germane to it, especially if it's a comedy, etc. cetera. And a lot of times you will hear a dog collar, even mm-hmm. if you don't see one on the dog.
0: Oh, interesting. Huh? Why is that?
1: Uh, it's like uh, opening a bag of potato chips. You, you, you don't even just see it, need to see it on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we hear that, that rip open and then a, Big, you know, crunch of a potato. Chip. You right. know what that is. Same thing with a dog collar. You huh. that's a dog.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. What do you typically use for the dog collar?
1: Uh, one of our old dog collars.
0: Uh, which dog? Uh,
1: Ruby. If you remember Ruby, we I had Ruby do- for a very short period of time, and of course, a uh, couple other ones. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Very cool. So, you said something really interesting that I thought I I, I thought I prepared for every possible. You know, question I might ask, and I didn't. So you said that the animals and dogs are typically cute. What if you have a dog that is aggressive? Does the emotion and the sound change from paper clips to something else, or does it stay the same?
1: Absolutely. The uh, again, we talked about the dog collar for a second. So mm-hmm. we would do something not not high tinkly. It might be something almost like a, a bit of a chain bang, or we'll use we we'll use leather creaks along with it so, if it 's just growling and then moves and you know we might you know do this creaky sound of a of a, the collar around his neck, and then even for the feet, we might do a footstep sound which does not have claws, mm-hmm. so in other words, we can get a much larger sound, and this, then we 'll do another track of the claws that so can be brought in and out as necessary because you know if this, if, you, if this dog is chasing you down a hallway. You know, you don't necessarily, if you, if you don't hear the, I guess what I'm saying, if you don't hear the claws, it might have more emotional impact. Do you want
0: the weight to it? Weight to it.
1: And maybe at the very end, if the the dog is getting to a stop to try to bite you, then we might put the claws in there or whatever.
0: Interesting. Okay. And back to the paper clips is it surface dependent for example if the dog is running on grass or if they're running on your hardwood floor in your home or do you pretty much use it for everything and kind of assume that the the viewer is going to equate the sound well, to gra- the
1: dog you Well know, grass is the great nullifier of 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 surfaces in other words if I was doing a dog running in the grass I probably wouldn't do any claws at all just because we're not going to hear them in the grass you you think if you think about it in life that's yeah you know, I don't know that I really hear that mm-hmm. um if it's a animate a character that's, again, trying to be super cute or something, we might do that, Mm -hmm. might. But if it's uh, wood or something with a resonant surface like wood, um, we will certainly, um, you know, differentiate that between marble. You know, especially marble too, don't forget, if the dog, it's it's in a hallway walking to you, the final mix people are going to take that sound and, and give it a lot of ambience, a lot of echo. So you want a good, solid, you want a really good sound that they can grab and put echo on, et cetera.
0: Okay. And so now that we've talked about small dogs, is it different for cats since they don't really have claws that kind of tap, tap, tap on the ground and okay. they're sneakier and silent anyways. Yeah.
1: Okay. To answer the question about cats, you know, they're again depending live action, we probably wouldn't do a lot of claws. It would just mm-hmm. kind of just the pad sound. And then, if, again, you might not see it, but we would do a, a collar, but it might be a little little bell, little right. bell tinkle. yeah. Because that typically is, oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, animated, again, just depends on what we're seeing, what's required. If it's the cat from hell, then <laughs> all bets are, are off. Are
0: all cats, just kidding, cat people, sorry. No, I'm a <laughs> no, I'm a cat person. <laughs> I know. So. Okay, so that's fascinating. I didn't even think about some of those things. So I wanted to move on to reptiles. I don't know, have you done a lot of reptiles in those days before? Some,
1: done some reptiles. I mean, t- typically those, you know, or if, if we're talking about a pet, it's in a terrarium, mm-hmm. you know, which has sand, et cetera. So basically, just our fingers, you know, it's kind of poke our fingers in sand you know, I maybe do another channel of it's kind of slidey sound. Cause you know, it kind of mm-hmm. slides through the sand. I mean, an example would be a gecko, which we actually have one at home, as you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I would do. If I was going to perform her, I would do that. Um, a snake funny. Now that's something where you would maybe do a couple channels. One, just hearing it. If you would go through the surfaces, you know, if it's uh, sand, let's say out on, on a, on a desert or maybe in uh, out on grass and goes through leaves, we'd kind of do things. But, if it gets close to you and it's and it's supposed to be dangerous, uh, we might actually add a little m- wet sound. And that's, of course, counterintuitive because if you pick up a snake, ew, um, <laughs> it's it's not wet at all, you know. Right, but, right. But we try to create uh, a gross ask, factor.
0: Yeah. What if you had the snake kind of draped around you? Would you even give it any sound? Or?
1: Probably not. <laughs> um, or, or if we're going to give it a sound, whatever the characters wearing um, from a movement standpoint, from a right. from a, a shirt or a jacket, et cetera, standpoint, we might hear that more than anything.
0: Okay. So I want to move on to some larger animals, specifically horses, because I know that has a fun.
1: Horses are actually probably my favorite animals to do. Are they really? Yeah, they are. Uh, and typically when... You hear a horse galloping. Mm-hmm. You hear a what we call call a three beat, if you will. So it's that's the gallop, or mm-hmm. or something fast like this, right? Right. That's actually not a true gallop. This is a true gallop because, of course, a horse has four hooves. Mm-hmm. But sound convention, if you will, that over the years we've we've come to. To associate um, certain animals with certain rhythms, that's true of the horse. So, again, the three beat is typically what we'll use for a gallop. We use various things. I mean, of course, everybody knows of the coconut shells that are, you know, hollowed out, et cetera. That's something that was used, of course, Legend Little Ranger, excuse me, the Little Ranger, radio days, et cetera. Now we use something a little different. We'll use a modified plumber's helper (laughs) and we'll put some old movement or something in the Cupped area, and then put some gaffer's tape around it to keep the movement in. There again, it's not unlike a dog. In the, I try to, When it, I guess the key to animals to me is what can we perform where it feels right? So the sink is important, but it's not as important potentially as one would think. And that seems like heresy, you know, because all our material is taken and cut in perfect sink the feeling that one might have of a horse coming up and stopping and moving around, et cetera, especially if it's, if it's something where we can't see the horse hose, you know, we only kind of get a sense of the rider on top, whatever. I will not necessarily try to get every footstep that would, would literally be there, literally be there because it wouldn't feel right. Hmm. And that's of course a key to Foley anyway. You know what? It's what feels Right, is usually that's
0: the number one most important thing is what feels right in In Foley
1: or for, or for,
0: I think in this situation, uh, yes, then for Foley, absolutely, it's just what feels right,
1: absolutely. What that's that's really the key, you know. Also, two quick aside, I did a film many years ago called The Black Stallion, that was very difficult, um, because uh, well, you had a character, Black, the horse, that was one of the lead, um, and Reno Kelly, who is the young boy who escaped off a sinking boat with a horse, Black. And it, it was just them running around on the beach, you know, and surviving. And so there's really, you had to, to bring it, if you will. And we, we followed that film, Joan Rowe and I followed that film. And then the supervising Sound editor, a wonderful man, really wonderful man. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, early on in his career, Alan Split. He took the foley that Joan Roe and I had done and took it out into a beach area, and he set up a recorder that is a playback recorder, played the foley through speakers out into the world, if you will, and then recorded it back onto another recorder. So he had a playback machine and a record machine into what he called worldizing. So he he brought the literal environment into what we had done. Foley was, which was I thought a brilliant thing to do and it really helped make it sound incredible um, and throughout the years I've worked on some other films, um, animation of course is, can be really fun Beauty and the Beast, you know, there's the beast you know, mm-hmm. of course there's an example where a game of one, a huge heavy step and then we'd add claws on the track right,
0: right. Um, things what like that what did you that. use for the claws?
1: We, we actually made something out of walnuts
0: really? to make
1: something really big so nowadays we just buy from Amazon uh, werewolf claws <laughs> Werewolf yeah, for, for costumes for, for Halloween. Okay.
0: Um, so that's one thing I wanted to talk about too, kind of mythical creatures, not that the beast was a mythical creature per se. He was cursed. But <laughs> I wanted to ask if maybe, let's say, unicorns was the same as horses. Or, or we th- we would
1: definitely approach that the same as a horse. Um, okay. Now, that being said, we, if it's a good one, a good unicorn... We might try to make the step sound lilty and light. If it's a bad unicorn, we try to make it kind of heavy and ponderous. You know, again, trying to inject some... uh acting, if you mm-hmm. will, into it.
0: And would you, as far as, let's take Harry Potter, because I love Harry Potter. Okay. Let's take maybe the hippogriffs. Would you do that the same way with the, I know we haven't talked about birds yet, we'll get there, but wing flapping, would you do it all the same or would you kind of give it a mystical element to really differentiate that this is an animal that doesn't exist, but it's still really cool?
1: That's a good question. Now, the hippogriff to me is um, a very huge beast uh, and regal in a way. I would try to make, of course, it did not work in the film. I would try to make those wings sound huge and powerful. When it landed, you know, this is a a huge beast that can have, you know, multiple kids (laughs) um, on its back. So I would just try to make it just incredibly big. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't remember if it had any uh, type of uh, ropes or anything accompanying with it to help steer it. But again, we would, we would try to make any, any, yeah, I don't think there was, I don't think so. but if, if there were, we would, again, we would try to make all that stuff kind of really, really large, okay. larger than life in a sense. Interesting.
0: Um, so it sounds like to some extent you keep it realistic, but it also kind of depends upon the, the mystical creature in itself and its mission. I mean, the hippogriff was good. It helped Harry, right? So you'd really want to make sure that you gave that emotion behind it as
1: much as we can. Of course, and that's we're just the one small component. Obviously, there's also the sound effects, etc., music. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is hard sound effects, but um, yeah, well, we would do our best.
0: All right. So now that we talked about wings, let's move on to birds.
1: Birds are fun. Just grab your uh, <laughs> a local. Um, could be some feathers just in your fingers or so you it could do be. Sometimes use feathers. Sometimes, we use, feathers, sometimes we use a feather duster. Sometimes we use the end of a long sleeve shirt. Sometimes we use gloves. Uh, again, anything that kind of create this uh, feeling of flapping and and dependent upon what what it is that we're um, trying to do. I mean, is it is it hey, hey? So it, it's got to be kind of sound really stupid and, and, and silly. or From is Moana? It, right. Oh, funny. Or is it, is it um, is this something that's uh, beautiful? Like you know, Jonathan Livingston Seagull that uh, has these beautiful wings and sounds wonderful. And you try to make it really, really just uh, maybe even give it a ch- uh, um not only the flaps, but maybe the, the feeling of if you can win going through the feathers or something like that.
0: And if anyone's interested, we do have one of the feather dusters used in a lot of movies up on our YouTube channel, The Right Scuff. And we do Prop of the Week. You could check it out on our YouTube. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was fish and water creatures.
1: Okay. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that could be a whole other discussion, but we'll, let's touch really? on it now. Oh, yes. That's quite involved okay, we'll
0: touch on it then if anyone has any specific questions afterwards leave us you know a comment send us an email we'd be happy to answer anything that you guys are interested in
1: yeah fish i mean at its core obviously they don't make any sound so are we talking live action a shark coming at us or are we talking
0: i've got animation? A one let's do the little mermaid opening scene Where the shark is chasing Ariel, because she is a mermaid. Okay. And then, you know, the shark. So let's do that.
1: Okay. So uh, there was Ariel and flounder. Correct. Right? And then the shark. We did not do a lot of sound effects for the shark, per se, with movement and water. What we would do is, when it came close to getting Ariel, you know, there's moments where it was chomping its huge teeth and, you know, chomping in the wood. We would, of course, do the wood chomping. We do maybe some teeth sound. We would... In the chomping itself, we'd make that way big over the top. We also might try to add a little little movement, if you will, that that as the mouth is moving to kind of make it sound like this huge cavity happening.
0: Do you remember what you used for the chomping?
1: Uh, just- we used the special tan cushion, which was uh, at Taj Soundworks. I don't have that anymore, but I have a it's just it's a replacement. Uh, and we can we can slide that on the ground, and sometimes put the microphone and stand actually on top of it. Just depends on what we're doing. Then. Uh, Ariel herself, we had done a little water movement. So I would take my hand in the water tank and and move it in such a way. And then um, I want to say, was it, uh, I think yeah, it was Tim Sadler. I'm pretty sure it was a mixer. He would tr- quote, treat that unquote with um, electronics, let's say. So it sounded like it's a little underwater. And then flounder, uh, I'm pretty sure we gave some bubbles to flounder. <laughs> When Flounder moves, your little cute little bubbles. I blow in a small straw into this uh, little wooden bowl. Um, I know I did that for Sebastian when he was moving around.
0: I was going to say because Sebastian, he you know he has legs. He doesn't have a fin. He's got these cute little crab legs. Did you do something different for him in water as opposed to maybe when he's trying to escape the evil chef? and trying not to be eaten.
1: right? Yeah, absolutely, definitely would. The mm-hmm. water would be, again, the little bubbles, whereas a chef, you know, we tried to um, make that. Really, honestly, the, the focus of that was anything that was coming to a hit or chop, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sebastian. <Just> like the <laughs> knives or, you know, uh, hands or things like that or, or covers of, of pots. Um, but what we could, if we, we would take these um, coffee stirrers and use those for his little crab feet. Wow! <laughs> or, or they might be wood. They might be plastic. It just depends upon what would sound best for that particular scene. Well, that's all that I see in your notes, uh, Sarah. So I guess we're gonna we're gonna sign off. But I did want to mention a couple things real quick to everybody. Um, you know, as things are developing in this world. I think it's most important that you be really, really good to each other. I mean, almost like the hackneyed phrase, uh, be most excellent to each other. But I really think that's important more so these days than than ever. You know, I saw a report on TV where college students are having to live in vans or actually sleep in the parks because they don't have money for housing. We have to get serious and help people. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now and also say that, um, you know, I'm really we're going to be re-energized to do a lot more, these podcast um, and some other fun things. So look out for that. And also too, it's possible I'll be giving a seminar in Austin, Texas uh, in the middle of the year. So you can look on the Foley artist page. There's something about that if it happens and sarah thank you
0: you're welcome i'm thinking maybe next week's episode or in a couple episodes we'll talk more about animated animals because we said we were going to touch on that we didn't have time today but we will do that in the future and just like john said we are here to help you guys feel free to reach out to us we wish you all of the love happiness and good vibes in 2019 we hope you are doing well and reaching your dreams And this is John and Sarah signing off. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Right Scuff Podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube and give us five stars or like our videos. We'll see you in our next episode.